0: If you will this morning, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, where our text will be found this morning. That's 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. And it reads this way. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Let us pray. O Lord, how great Thou art. I thank you Lord that thou art faithful that you have brought us around this way this day that you have provided that you provided a way to unite us together Lord and we pray for thy healing we thank you Lord for thy merciful healing this week that has healed many of the members here and in thy great mercy to do so. Lord we pray that you would continue to put a hedge about us keep us from all harm and evil in this world and Lord may you cause us to see thee cause us to hear thee cause us to cry out to thee and Lord I pray in this hour in this hour that is to come upon us that you would be pleased to show us the worthiness of thy blood the preciousness of thy blood the power of thy blood truly Lord thou art great and truly great things thou hast done To Thee be all glory and praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to speak today about the preciousness of the blood of Christ. I want to know how personal it is to you and each and every one of us in this room and that are hearing this message. The Bible tells us in our text today, Peter writes, it is a precious blood of Christ. And I wonder this morning as we examine that and as we hear that terminology, if it takes our minds and our hearts to a place of definition, if it defines for us this morning why the blood of Christ is so important to the people of God, what is it that makes the blood of Christ important? Have we been shown that it's not our faith? It's not our love. It's not our experience. It's not our repentance. None of those things can save us. We're told in the Word of God that we're saved by the power of the blood of Christ. We're saved and, and, and we're um, made to be um, secure under the blood of Christ. In Exodus twelve thirteen. We see the importance of the blood in the words that are written in the middle of the account of the Passover. You know, I am not someone, and never have been, one who preaches conditional salvation. I don't believe in conditional salvation. But I will say this. I do believe in one condition of salvation. And that's what's found in Exodus 12:13, where we read, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, this is the Father speaking, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. There was one place that was safe and secure for the people of God. There's one place that keeps the child of God from the condemnation of this world and the condemnation of rightful judgment. And that is under the blood. And that's what the Father said. If I see the blood, that's so important for us today because of what I would deem and the Bible deems as weak faith. Sometimes we're not given the great faith to move mountains and to see the greatness of the blood and to know and be assured that we're under the blood. But that's not what our text tells us, that we need to be assured of it. It doesn't tell us that it, that that's a condition of ours that makes us, we're under the blood if we see it. We're covered by the blood of Christ if we believe it. We're covered by the blood if we just accept it. No. The Word of God tells us when the Father sees the blood. That is the only condition of our salvation, to be covered by the blood of the Lamb. And that's what I want to talk about today as we look through various texts in the Bible. And I want to know this morning as we get started, how precious is this blood to you? If we back up in our text just to the verse uh, preceding it, We have Peter writes, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed, you were not saved, you were not purchased, you were not bought back with corruptible things. And he names those corruptible things that we deem to be so high in this life. Silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your father's. We esteem these things so highly, the things we've heard in traditions, the things we've heard from other men, the things that we have accounted so precious to us. And as we live in this life, the things that we've accumulated, the silver and the gold, we've deemed them things to be precious to us. We're much happier when we're financially uh, fit. We're much happier when we're provided for that way. We look at those things and we have security in them. We have security in them that we're not destitute and that we're, we're not homeless this morning. Our, we have a sense of security in the things that the Lord has given us. But that security is not soul security. That security is not eternal security. That security is not salvation That's what Peter is saying here. He said, we know that we're not saved by those things. Do you know that today? Is the blood of Christ esteemed higher in your life than anything that you have? Is it above the material things? Is it above the corruptible things? Has the Lord made his blood precious to you in that way? And that's what we'll see this morning. It is the Lord who makes the blood precious to us. It's not conditional to us. It's not conditional to what we believe or what we see. I remember in my younger days when I was in the Methodist church, we had we had a lot of um, traveling preachers come in. We called them revivals. And um, you know, we would have one or two a year and somebody would come in and a theme or they'd say different things and, and none of them I remember too much. I remember some of the crazier ones, but I do remember one theme of one minister that came in and all he talked about was our ability to put ourselves under the blood. Are you under the blood tonight? If you're not, you need to get under the blood of Christ. And I understand that urgency. I understand what it means and how powerful it is and how that's the only place of salvation to be under the blood. But as we've seen already this morning, that condition is not a condition for you and I to get there. We can't find our way there. As has been said many times, sheep are not the smartest of animals. Sheep must be led. Sheep must be made to sit down in that green pasture. And when we talk about the finished work of Christ, what are we really saying? We're really talking about the blood that flowed from Calvary. When when we talk about being brought to the foot of the cross, that is where the blood of Christ flowed down. That is where we are covered by the blood of Christ, at the foot of His cross, at the foot of His finished salvation at the foot of what he has done. So this morning, as we read these texts, as we go to the, to the, and we examine how precious and how important and how God's emphasis is upon it. I want to hear, this morning, first I want to read from Ephesians 5, 2, which tells us the importance of this sacrifice, but how it pleases the Father. In Ephesians 5, 2, we read, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. That sweet-smelling savor is the only sacrifice that the Father received. And he received it perfectly by his Son. And it was offered in our place because you and I could never offer that. We know the history of the blood of bulls and goats. We'll talk about that later. We know how many times that offering had to keep being offered over and over again because it was never the finished work of Christ. And that finished work of Christ and the shedding of His blood is what we praise the Lord for today, is what we exclaim this morning. Is what we sing and we say, thank you, Lord. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes us white as snow. And it's only the blood of Christ that can do that. We're going to be going uh, around a lot today. The first place we start is the words of Jesus himself. If you turn to John 6 this morning, we see the importance that Jesus put Upon the blood. In John 6, and we will begin in verse 53 this morning. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man, And drink His blood, You have no life in you. Let that sink in in a minute. If we are not partakers of the blood of Christ, and of his body. That's the sacrifice. And if the blood of Christ has not covered our sins, we have no life in us. And it does not matter if we pronounce that the blood of Christ covers He must pronounce it. He must reveal to our souls that that blood, that's the assurance, that's the eternal security that we have in Christ. He must apply his blood to our soul to show us that we are under that blood. That we are covered by His blood. In 54, He says, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. Eternal life is purchased in the blood of Christ. And I will raise Him up at the last day. That blood is a guarantee of our resurrection. That blood is a guarantee of everything that Christ went first in. We too will go next. The Lord has secured that. That's what I want you to see today. The blood of Christ. That's what he says here. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. Union in the blood. We have no union without the blood. I know we don't emphasize the blood as much as we should. I know that in this life now, most of the religious world out there doesn't want to talk about the blood. They've cleaned the blood up out of the bottom of the cross. And now it's from works, and now it's from your acceptance, and now it's from your knowledge, and it's how much you've learned about God. It's never been that. It's always been through His blood. And I hope you see that today as we walk through the scriptures this morning. So what does the word of God say today about the blood and how is it precious to his people? And the first thing I want to say about the blood is it's we are purchased by his blood. So we're going to go to some certain scriptures this morning. We're going to read what the Bible says about the blood. And then I'm going to keep asking you. Is it precious to you? As we read every one of these headings and as we look into the word of God, that's the question I ask. Has the Lord made it precious to you that way? And our first heading this morning is, we're purchased by his blood. And this is what Paul said in Acts 20:28. 20, he said, take heed therefore with, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. To feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. This is the blood of God, Paul calls it. He calls it the blood of Christ. It is the only blood that has efficacious power. It is the only blood that can cleanse, which we'll look at here in a minute. It is the only blood that can save. And that's what Paul tells us in this text that I just read, that we are purchased with his own blood. He must have shed that blood for you and I. And remember, this was a sacrifice that was eternal. He was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. That's when the blood flowed in eternity. That's when we were safe and secure under the blood. That's when we were justified. That's when we were sanctified. That's when we were safe and secure from all eternity. And what God has kept and preserved, He will never lose. He has never lost one. And that's where our security is this morning. That's where our assurance is. When the Lord says to us, you're covered, you're under the blood. The blood has taken away your sins. The blood has redeemed you. We are purchased. It has been my blood that has done this for you. That's what I said a a few minutes ago. It's the substitutionary work. Is that precious to you? That when you look to yourself this morning and you say, how do I atone for my sins? How do I make my reconciliation to God? And you look within yourself and you say, there's no good thing there. There's no way in this fleshly tabernacle that I have that sins every day, there's no way that I can atone for my sins. I can feel good about a sacrifice and then go right back out and sin again. How can I be washed clean? How can I be justified? How can I be safe and secure? And our first heading tells us that we're purchased with His blood. It's not the blood of sheep and it's not the blood of goats and it's not the blood of anything else. It's the blood of the Son of God. Is that made precious to you? Then we we bleed, if you will, into our next subject that we're justified by His blood. That goes hand in hand. If He has purchased us with His blood, then we're justified by His blood. What does that mean? It means when the blood washes away our sins, as the blood has covered all of our unrighteousness, as the blood has done that, God looks down, and the son's sacrifice, and his blood says, these are not guilty in your sight, and he accepts that. That's what I said, a sweet-smelling sacrifice. It was offered unto the father, and the father says, I will take your blood to cover the sins of these elect people, and them only. It's a particular blood but it is His blood that justifies If you will, turn with me over to Romans 5, where we see this laid out for us by the Apostle Paul in Romans 5, beginning in verse 6. For when we were yet without strength, I love the, I love the way the Holy Spirit emphasizes throughout the Word of God that it's none of you and I, and it's all of Him. And this is right on display here. We being justified by His blood had nothing to do with our works. It had nothing to do with us choosing Him. In fact, we are told this morning that when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, I don't know what that says to you, but that tells me I'm powerless to justify myself. I'm powerless to cleanse myself. I'm powerless to make myself just before the eyes of a holy and just God. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. Paul says, you know, men don't lay down their lives for other men. Sometimes it happens for those that we love, that we deem to be good. That we deem to be acceptable. We've heard stories like that. We've heard people give their lives to save others. That's what he's talking about. But God, this is the, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us as we were sinners. Let that sink in. And then it goes to what we're trying to say, much more than being now justified by his blood. Now we could stand before the Father because of his blood. You say, wait, how did I get from point A, dead in my sins, to a place before a holy and just king? How could I get from A to B? And we start to scramble. and We say, how can I get there, Lord? Do I need to do more of this? Do I need to do more of that? Do I need to pray more? Do I need to invite more people to church? Do I need to study more? Do I need to witness more? Do I need to be out there uh, trying to further your kingdom that you've set up? That's the question this morning. The blood of Christ justifies us. It takes us out of the equation as the blood flows over the child of God and makes him white as snow. So the father looks at him and sees the righteousness of his son and his blood covering every one of our transgressions, past, present, and future. That's how we're justified. And when the father looks down at us and he looks and he says, This one is not guilty, he's not guilty. You and I look at that and say, how can we not be guilty? We know ourselves. We know how our unbelief has not believed in the mighty Lord. We know how much we've doubted Him. We know how scared we get in times like this. We know what fear has done. How can I be just this morning before God? And the Word of God tells us it's by His blood. Is it precious to you now that that blood is is what causes us, which makes us acceptable to a holy and just God. And when Peter writes, it's precious, Peter was revealed that, that it is the Lord himself who has justified him by his blood. We know Peter's life. We know Peter's unbelief. We know his doggedness to deny Christ. And I hope you know your own. I hope the Holy Spirit reveals to you today the very sins that Peter's guilty of are the same ones we have. Every time we deny him. Every time we deny his sovereignty. Every time we deny that he is watching over his people. Every time we fear. Every time we don't trust him. But you know what? Praise God. We're justified by his blood. Not by our repentance. Not by what we can come back and say, oh, How many Hail Marys a priest tells us to say, or beads to rub, or or doing good works and good deeds, or no. It's by the power of the blood. The love of Christ's blood to flow and flow freely. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. We have salvation. We have one who stood in our place. We have one that stood in our place and absorbed that wrath. And as His blood flowed and was presented to the Father on our behalf, the Father now sees us as holy. He sees us as washed. He sees us as a presented bride to Him. Remember back when we started this sermon, when I see the blood, See, it's not dependent upon you and I to see it, because you and I, it's hidden from us many times. But when He sees the blood, when we're wrapped in our unbelief and our woe is me, He sees the blood. It didn't break our justification. It didn't take our justification. That's eternal and it's secured. And so is our sanctification. If you turn with me over to Hebrews chapter 13, where we see the Word of God tell us this morning that we're sanctified by His blood, which means makes holy, which we've already touched on. That's Hebrews 13. Look at just verses 11 and 12. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Remember, they did that without the camp because... It was nasty. It was, sin was looked upon as something that needed to be outside and not within. So it was outside the camp. Same way Christ was crucified, and that's what the next verse tells us. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood. You know, the Bible tells us to be holy as he is holy. That's not an injunction or an indictment for you and I to run out and show the world our holiness. It's not for you and I to, to lock ourselves in a room and say, well, the world is evil and wicked. Therefore, if I sit in this room, I'll be more holy. The holiness is under the blood of Christ. The holiness is the blood of Christ. That's what he just said here. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood... Suffered without the gate. And there we have purchased, uh, pictured for us the perfect sacrifice. And he did that once, which we'll talk about here in a moment. How precious is that blood to you? When the Bible says, be ye holy, and you look at those as a, some command that you have to do, or some condition upon your salvation. That's not what that means. It means what you are in Christ. It's what His blood has done. That's how we're holy, as He is holy. It's His blood. It's His sanctification. But we're also redeemed and forgiven by the blood. In Ephesians 1, verses 6 and 7, Paul writes to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption. That price has been paid. We have been bought bought back from death, from perdition, from hell, whatever you want to put in there. That's what redemption is. We who are dead in sins and trespasses, the Lord has purchased us with his blood. And that's what he says. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. That redemption is hand in hand with His forgiveness. Remember, it's how we started this morning. It's not your forgiveness. It's not your repentance. It's not your love. It's not your works. It's not your duty. It's not conditions you've put upon yourself to be a Christian. It's what the Lord has said He has done for you and I. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In Revelation 5 9 and 10, John writes, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. You have redeemed us to God. But let those words sink in. This is the song, the singing, the new song. This is what the song of grace is. This is what the song of the child of God is. You have redeemed us to God. You've done this by your own blood. How precious is that? Out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and have made us Unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Do you feel like you reign today? I know. I, I feel at times I don't reign. But it never alters that we are reigning in Christ today. That's what his blood has purchased. That's what his blood has done. That power of that blood and the price of that blood and the worth of that blood has done all of these things for us. All these things I'm reading this morning, all of these headings, if you will, is what it has made that blood precious. Why that blood is precious. Is it precious to you? Has the Lord revealed that to you, that you're under that blood? If you will, turn with me over to Hebrews 9. So we're not far if you stayed in Hebrews. We're just going to turn back here to Hebrews 9. Verse 11 through 14. But Christ, being come a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place. By his blood, he entered into the holy place for you and I. He brought every one of his children into that holy place with himself, in himself. That's what we have, access to the Father now, because he, by his blood, has entered into the Holy of Holies. into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more? Ask yourself this this morning. May the Holy Spirit ask us this. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works. Did you hear that? The blood of Christ purges our conscience from dead works. Dead works. Those things that I keep naming, those things that we do for obedience reasons or duty or whatever those things we got in our mind is that will, will adorn us to God or to make us better looking in His in His sight. No, it's the blood of the Son. It's the blood who's done this. He offered himself without spot to God, purging your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. How do we serve the living God? By His blood. His blood applied. That's our holiness. That's our justification. That's our redemption. That's our forgiveness because of His blood. Is it becoming more precious this morning? Has the Holy Spirit spoken to you this morning? Has He put you in the place at the foot of the cross? Is the blood now flowing from the foot of the cross? Is it flowing over your soul? Has it touched you this morning? If not, we have more. We have so much more. We're cleansed by the blood of Christ. John said it in 1 John 1, 7. He said, But if we walk in the light... As he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Not some sin. The blood of Christ is the perfect eraser. It's the perfect cover. It's not leaving any sin out. And I know you and I I know what our fallen minds say. Well, what about this sin? Oh, Lord, surely you can't forgive this sin. Yes, all sin. It's the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all sin. It has that erasing power. It has that covering power where that sin is never seen. Never, it's been dealt with. It's been dealt with on the cross. His blood has covered it. Turn with me over to Revelation 7. We'll be here a couple times. I think we've already been here once. But. Look at Revelation 7, verses 13 and 14. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are those? What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. You know, that's that's the power of the Holy Ghost to put us in our place. Lord, thou knowest. You know all things. With thee belongs all wisdom. With thee belongs all knowledge. Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation. I think all of us, or maybe most of us, can understand in our life there has been great tribulation. I've said it many times from up here. The tribulation of the soul is far greater than the tribulation of the body. The tribulation of the body is very hard. The tribulation of loved ones is very hard. But the tribulation in the soul, the the struggles, the battles, the ones we believe we've lost so many times, they shall all be brought, as we see. He said, these are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. We're washed in the blood of the Lamb. That's the cleansing effect. That's what the power of the blood is. That's the preciousness of it. It cleanses. Now do you see, does it magnify why it's important that the Father sees the blood? When I see the blood, there'll be no judgment. There'll be no destroying. I will pass over safe in my Son. It's that blood that washes and cleanses the child of God. It's that blood that gives us hope. It's that blood is why we live day to day here. How many times have I heard some of you say that? I just want to know that my sins are forgiven. Yeah. You want to feel the blood. You want to know the blood has covered your transgressions. That is what true life and eternal life is all about. What has the blood done for you? Has it become precious to you? What else can cleanse you? Have you tried other things? I have. Works. Studying more. I can't take the guilt. Can't remove the guilty stain. Only the blood of Christ can remove the guilty stain. That's not all. He hasn't just cleansed. He's brought us near and given us boldness now by this blood. Paul, again, writing in Ephesians 2.13, said, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. That blood that we've been speaking about draws us near to Christ. Draws us near to the Father. It's the power of the blood. We talk about the efficacious power of the blood. It draws us to the Father. It draws us to the Son by the work of the Holy Spirit to reveal to us this blood has been shed for you. Is that precious to you? that He draws us close to Him. If you're like me, you have ran from Him many times. And when that blood is applied to you, you're back out in the street saying, where is my beloved? Have you seen my beloved? I desire His presence. Why? Because of the blood. Because of the power of His blood. Let's go back to Hebrews again. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's start in 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. We've already talked about that. We now have boldness. This is what our heading is. We now have nearness and boldness. You you have to have, be near to come boldly. You can't be far away and come. The blood pulls us to. That's what the Lord, the Holy Spirit reveals to us. Your sins are forgiven. This blood is for you. You are to bathe in this labor. You are to bathe in the blood of Christ. That is the fountain that's been opened for you. And he brings us close to him. And then gives us boldness. That's not something that we have a lot of in this life. We're bold about many things and what we see in this world and, and our own justifications and our own ways that we see life. But coming near to this holy God. I have no boldness unless the blood of Christ reveals that boldness to me through the eternal Spirit. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say His flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near let us draw near, dear ones. I know He has to draw us near. That's the. This is this is what I'm telling you. This is His power. That's what the Word of God is telling us. This is this is how we draw near. If you're ever drawn near to the Lord, it's not of anything you've done. It's by the power of His blood to give boldness to bring us to Christ. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And there we have the the picture of the Spirit who washes and renews. What does He wash with? Is it soap? Is it plain water? It's the blood. It's the blood of Christ. That's what cleanses us from all unrighteousness. I don't I don't know how to make it any plainer to you well I know I can't but I don't know how to make it more precious and I know I can't do that either but I know he can I know that that's why all these scriptures are written for us today for every child of God across this world today it's the power of the blood that saves it's the power of the blood that draws near It's the power of the blood that gives us boldness. It's the power of Christ's blood. Is it precious to you? Well, we're still not done. This blood also makes peace with God. Turn with me over to Colossians 1. Colossians 1 verses 19 and 20 says this, For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of His cross. Did you hear that? We all love peace. That peace that He left with us, that peace I leave with you, that peace I give unto you, is through His blood. That's the only thing, the blood of Christ, that could tell us we're forgiven. That's the only thing that could set us free. When Jesus said, you must be free, and in me you're free indeed. What is in Christ but being covered by his blood? That's what he tells us, having made peace through the blood of his Christ by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him. Romans 8, 28 is not possible without the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ secures the child of God. He secures this life and the life to come. And He secures peace in this life because of His blood. By Him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of His cross. And last but certainly not least this morning, In the last book of the Bible, again, Revelation 12, we see we have victory by His blood. In Revelation 12, verses 10 and 11, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. How can we resist the devil by the blood of the Lamb? How can we defeat this, Satan's thoughts that are put into our minds that come up and tell us and, and gender all that unbelief? How? By the blood of the Lamb. I know in times past I've heard messages and I've heard them. You must plead the blood of the Lamb. And it's true. It's true. But unlike those messages that I heard, to plead the blood of the Lamb comes from the Lamb. It's not found in you and I to do. But it is found in all of His people because Christ is the power of His people. The Holy Spirit is the power of His people. The blood is the power of His people. That's how we've overcome. They overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, which, by the way, is of the blood of the Lamb. It's not, this is what I've done for you, Lord. No. Their testimony. It's by His blood. It's by His blood. I resist you, O wicked one, by the blood of my Savior who has covered me in His blood, who has given me peace, who has cleansed me, who has justified me, who has sanctified me by His blood. And they love not their lives unto the death. Don't lose that either. That's the power of the blood. To not love our lives to the end. To love His life. To love what He has done for us. That's the power of the blood. Is it precious to you? I'll leave you with the words of Zechariah, which I've already alluded to, 13.1. In that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanness. May the Lord reveal to us today that that blood we are safe and secure under. Because He's put us under it. Because He has covered all of our sins. Because He has done it in His finished work on the cross. And what He's done for you and I today, if we be in Him, is to bring us to the foot of the cross for the power of His blood to overflow us. O Lord, may You be pleased this morning to reveal to each and every one of us the preciousness of Your blood. Dear Heavenly Father, most gracious Lord, add Thy power, add Thy peace and Thy comfort. And Lord, open the heavens this day that You may reveal to us the preciousness of Thy blood. To You be all glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.